Welcome to Arch Rivals Football. Here is your starting lineup. Number 20, Darnell the Playmaker Salads. Number 94, Alex the Bearman Alcazaz. Number 24, Ricky Litwinkowicz. This show is sponsored by Raz Energy, DreamController.com, and Steiner Sports. Arch Rivals Football is a pain train pipe bomb production. Welcome everybody to Arch Rivals Season 3, live here on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter, as we have... Uh, Dusted off the old arch rivals and have come back a lot bigger, better, stronger than ever. And I uh, introduce to you one of my new co-hosts on arch rivals football, the Bearman, Alex Alcazaz. How you doing, brother? What's going on? You excited for football or what? Oh, you're damn right I am. Football's a, l a little bit of a uh, a different uh, animal, so to speak. Oh, different, <laughs> definitely different. I mean, in your case, you you've seen at least two decades of it. Jesus, I've seen more than two decades of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I just don't want to make you feel old. I am old. It happens. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but so, you're never too old to kick butt, so never forget that. Oh no, 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 no. Now, uh, for those who've actually watched Arch Rivals in the past, um. It's getting a new coat of paint. This is just the uh, preseason look, so to speak. But uh, we are going to delve into a, a few topics. We're going to be on for about an hour this evening. And um, I got to tell you, uh, I I've watched a little bit of preseason. Like, I have not gone full bore through preseason. Like, I've been paying attention to certain spots of uh, the preseason. But, you know, I got to tell you, it's a little weird to know that there's uh, three preseason games this year. Uh, Cowboys and Steelers got uh, the fourth one, mm -hmm. and uh, it's it, it it feels a little different. It does feel a little different. Well, I figured if they had an extra game in the regular season, you might as well take out one preseason game, right? At some points, yes, and in some points, no. Because now preseason's important, but people don't seem to understand it. Well, some people. Well, think of it this way. Preseason already has uh, bared quite a few injuries to it, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, we already have uh, the one, one major injury that we, we are going to report on tonight. Uh, Jaguars rookie running back Travis Etienne uh, is going to uh, go under surgery mm -hmm. for... Uh, a foot injury, the uh, Liz Frank injury, which is a uh, it's a very weird injury because it's a hit and miss. What do you think about that? Well, according to the report, it did say it was a minimum of twelve weeks as far as the road to recovery timeline timeline is concerned. But what we have to keep in mind is when you have such a major injury, you need surgery. It's not only the surgery you recover from, but then there's the rehab. There's, you know, testing your foot, you know, basically like that. So the, the road to recovery 
is never quite close to the estimated time. So it, it's always an assumption, but it's it's very difficult to have that completely accurate. But it's safe to say he won't play this season. Well, at this point, you know, they, they do kind of have him just listed out, um, which means that uh, even though x-rays came back negative on his foot, um, they are still going to uh, put him under the knife, and then he'll end up making his debut next year in 2022. I hate to say it, but it kind of it kind of throws that uh, that whole mystique of making uh, the run with Trevor Lawrence and making that big splash down in Jacksonville. Well, it's a shame, really, because I was actually looking forward to see this uh, dynamic duo, you know, make a difference in Jacksonville. But unfortunately, we have to wait a year. But it well, won't really feel like a year because time does fly. It is. Uh, well, you know what? I hate to say it, but. As quick as you're going to find 17 games go through uh, the NFL season and then have 18 weeks total, uh, it, it actually may feel like an eternity for some people, but it just may uh, take off and be a little bit quick for everybody. Everybody thinks differently, but if this injury really is the way to, you know, to, well, obviously an injury is an injury. A foot never is going to be the same, but. If the injury's that serious, then there's no choice. I mean, you can't risk the young guy playing hurt because, you know, one little mistake like that, I mean, that's uh, it's not only career-altering, but that's life-altering as well. Moving on from the uh, the lovely injuries thing, because uh, apparently there are quite a few that have happened throughout the preseason, and, like, the Jets got hit with two of them, so they are currently now looking for a pass rusher. Uh, we also have this lovely little article here from NFL.com, quoting... Uh, does Lamar Jackson think defenses will figure him out in 2021? Quote, I strongly doubt it. Um, I'll be honest with you. I'll just read a little bit of this uh, paragraph so that way I don't get hit for any uh, embellishing on, on these things. And some of the material we will use on the show this year uh, will be under the Fair Usage Act for commentary and descriptive purposes only. So we'll mention that as uh, one of the prelims for it. Uh, it says here, aside from discussions regarding a new contract, off-season talk for Lamar Jackson has centered around lining up around center or under center more and improving his deep ball to better balance the Baltimore Ravens offense. Right off the bat, Alex, I'll ask your opinion on that part. Well, Lamar Jackson obviously has passion for football. It's his life. He's a great player. He's not really... He's not at the top level yet, but you know he's hasn't been in the league the longest for the longest time yet. But he's making tremendous progress as to becoming to getting to the level of elite. And as far as you know, the quote you mentioned, how if, if he believes that twenty twenty defense, excuse me, from defenses for next year will figure him out, and he says that he doubts it. Look, obviously he's got the confidence in himself. I mean, he's got faith in himself, which he needs, but. Never underestimate a defense because if you, th when you think that the defense doesn't have you figure it out, and the truth is they do. Okay, you never know what kind of tricks a defense has up their sleeve. I mean, how many times have we seen a quarterback be a bit arrogant and way in over their head, and then coming into a game and then they get their butts kicked? We we've seen that numerous times, haven't we? Yes, we have actually. Yeah, never underestimate a defense. Even a defense is terrible. Like, don't underestimate it because you never know. Like, if you act like that, you only motivate them, and they're only going to work harder to, you know, just to kick your ass. Well, I will say this, though, that uh, Lamar Jackson has had his ups and downs. Uh, 
Yes, he was an NFL MVP. I believe that was uh, two seasons ago. And every time they get into the playoffs, it looks like with Lamar Jackson that, I, I hate to say it, defenses have actually maybe put him underneath the thumb a little bit because his regular season doesn't match up to his postseason. I always find that as an issue. And the reason being is is that obviously the postseason is a different animal than it is in the regular season. Like you are pretty much sprinting to the finish line in the in the regular season. When you get to the postseason, it's like a heavyweight knockout fight. You are going to have the the all-time levels of play way above normal to where the regular standards are going to be. But so I like how I like how you say that how the the playoffs are different than the regular season. See, that's why I always say in when it comes to football, if a team plays their difficult games at the beginning of the season and then the easier games come in at the at the uh, other half of the season, and that team is going to make the playoffs. I mean, that's really going to change things. Like you want to go to the playoffs as motivated and as focused as you can be. So that's why I wish it's the other way around. The easy games first, then the, then the challenges start coming. You overcome the challenges. You're more motivated than ever. But yeah, I mean, the playoffs is, it's a totally different world, totally different concept. I mean, you lose, you're out. Well, again, this is, this is why I'm kind of like looking at this article. And as they post this article on NFL.com, and it's been on ESPN and a few other spots, I still say that at some point there is going to be a little bit of a lockdown on Lamar because if they're now saying they want to try to make him more of a pocket passer than they are going to be with having him with the, uh, I would almost kind of say like a West Coast offense type deal, that only worked with certain quarterbacks back in the day. That did not work with everybody. One of the guys in particular that I will say with the West Coast Run and gun offense uh, would be Randall Cunningham. He kind of he was built for that. Today it's about seventy five percent of more of the mobile quarterback than there is with the pocket passer. And if you're really going to look to make Lamar Jackson more of a pocket passer than a West Coast kind of guy, that may not work out for him too well. Because if you can't read the defenses, then how are you going to make him a pocket passer? Well said. When it comes to a certain quarterback, when a team drafts a, a quarterback, they st- you know obviously they've studied him, they've done their homework. You got to understand, you got to build the offense based on his particular play style. Like if you want to make him the franchise quarterback, if you want to make him the next face of the franchise, you got to build around him. Like you, you got to make him comfortable. Like so, you have to work with him. I mean, there's no shame for a football coach to sit down with his players and build a formation with their help. It's a, it's football. It's teamwork, okay? I mean, a coaches and players work together. I mean, if they work with together at practice, why can't they all build a certain style of play or formation all together? I mean, it's all part of you're part of the team. You're all in this together. But the bottom line, but my point is, a team needs to be committed to building and making his player comfortable, especially if they have big plans for him. You got to protect them. I, 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 you know what? I still just don't think in in any actuality that you're going to turn Lamar Jackson into a pocket passer. I think well, you have hard. to. It's hard. I, 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 sorry, I, re- I really, honestly, will tell you. I think you have to be able to just let him play. 
Yeah. Unfortunately, well, okay, not I shouldn't say unfortunately. I mean, there's obviously some quarterbacks who are m- more well known for running the ball. I mean, they're fantastic passes as well, but they're known for running, scrambling. I mean, guys like Cam Newton before, and we all remember how Michael Vick was able to throw the ball well and, and run the ball well. But, you know, I always say you can't force a quarterback based on how you want it. Like, like I said, you got to work around your quarterback. But at the same time, you know, it can't get frustrating. I mean, it, it, it's tough to build, but. But I, I'm not sure if, uh, if, like you say, you know, as far as Lamar Jackson goes, he's a very talented player, and sometimes in these situations, it's unpredictable. Like you don't know what to expect. I don't. I I just don't. Uh, I let him play. I I think that's the issue. You have to let him play. You almost. I I, I don't want to really make this comparison because I believe in a lot of logistics. The players are totally polar opposites. But I hate to say it, you got to let him play almost a similar game to like a Patrick Mahomes. That's what I really think. I really think that you have to have them as close as possible. You can't make them similar, but you have to be able to let them play the same style. Like if, if, if Patrick Mahomes can sit there and read a defense – and change the play at the line of scrimmage, knowing the fact that, let's say, hey, he's got a freaking Sam Blitz coming, or there's a corner Blitz coming, and he reads that, and you know he's going to bootleg out of it, or you know it's going to be a QB keeper, that's the way you got to go. The only difference is, is I think that Mahomes reads the defenses better than Lamar Jackson, and I think maybe at some points Lamar is just a little bit more timid. A very good point right there, and you're absolutely right. You got to let him play. So that's, I mean, again, that's the way I kind of see it. Like it's just, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things. Like you just got to let them go. You just you just got to let them go. Yeah, like don't treat them like don't treat them like political prisoners, basically, and don't hold them back. All right. So one of the things that we did say that we were going to uh, talk about on the show this evening, um, we're already 15 minutes in, which is great. Uh, feeling a good vibe. The, th- the show is just going uh, particularly great. I believe that we need to look at some of the quarterbacks for this year's preseason. First one I'm going to go with is Trey Lance. Now, there were five quarterbacks, big ones, that were drafted pretty much in the... Uh, in the, in the, in the and it was just big draft stuff. Obviously, a lot of players didn't go the way uh, they were supposed to be. Let me see if he lets me pull up these stats because I just tried pulling up stat leaders. And uh, uh, Okay, so Trey Lance. Ronnie, what's still in? We got Kenny Kirkpatrick in our chat. All right, Kenny's Trey- absolutely right. Yeah, Kenny, you're right. Yeah, RG3 is the backup, and RG3 is not even a, pa- a pocket passer. Um, from my understanding, I don't think even RG three is going to be there this year. Uh, well, I believe. Well, I heard um, that he were t- I thought I, I, heard, I thought I heard a rumor that he was going. He was on his way to the commentary booth or to like working as an analyst. I think he was going to be working as an analyst in NFL. Okay. I mean, when I think of RG three, I mean, even though uh, you know, a dude obviously you know played at Baylor, which is about two and a half hours from where I live. You know, a great high school football player, great person, very well educated. I was cheering for him, even though Washington, you know, I'm a Cowboy fan. And I was still personally cheering him, but I was thinking more of journalism terms rather than my personal terms. So it's a, it's a shame that how things had to go for RG3. It really is. 
Well, I'll just think one uh, one game in Washington, and his career went uh, potentially into the crapper. I was going to say something dirty, but I'll try to keep it professional. And, you know, like I say, it, it's a shame. It's right. One of the biggest what ifs in NFL history. So let's go over these five quarterbacks that have uh, officially made their debuts into the NFL. Again, it is preseason. We are going to put the disclaimer on it that a lot of people do agree that preseason doesn't mean a damn thing. I believe that's a little bit different. It will give you a show into the future on how these young guys, these five potentially real large ceiling guys can actually be effective in the NFL. And I'm going to move the microphone because I can't read with the microphone in front of my face. (laughs) I'm going to go starting off with San Francisco. We have Trey Lance. Obviously, I believe he was the... uh, Third pick in the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. San, Francisco, State. San Francisco traded up for him. In uh, two games, he is 13 of 28, completion percentage of 46.4, 230 yards, average of 115 a game. He's only played two games, so it's not really a big uh, minuscule number. He does have an 80-yard pass play, three touchdowns, one pick, sacked six times. For 39 yards lost and a rating of 95.8. Now, I'll tell you what, Ricky. It's def- he's definitely playing respectably, even though, it's like you said, it's only two games. But Well, from my understanding, because, I, I, again, I'm out running around uh, preparing all of these shows. This is now show, show number four that I'm working on throughout an entire week. Uh, I got to tell you. So I watched a little bit of it. He started out that game on Sunday, one for five. And he looked horrible. He really did look horrible. His first three drives, he threw a pick. He may, it's a little, it's a, mm-hmm. again, it's a little bit hard because maybe you're not playing against the uh, top tier starters in the NFL, but you are playing against the backups. Do you do you, you see him taking Jimmy G's job at this point, or do you see him sitting on the bench right now until Jimmy G either A gets hurt, not putting this this onus on him, but um do you see him sitting on the bench or do you see him taking the starting job? Oh man, oh man. This is something I've actually been thinking about for a bit, believe it or not. To be quite frankly, even though like I said he has been playing respectably, but because Jimmy Garoppolo is the veteran quarterback and because of how San Francisco loves him, I honestly believe, I, I realistically, I think Garoppolo is going to start the season as the starter, but I would not be surprised, or maybe I should say I would not rule out the possibility of Trey Lance taking over at some point. I, I would say maybe after th- at least three, four weeks, that's where things are probably going to lean towards a change, but you never know. But realistically, I think because of the veteran status, I think Jimmy Garoppolo wins the job. Well, also remember that uh, Jimmy G is still kind of getting his wheels a little bit spinning in the right direction. He was out for the majority of the uh, 2020 season with injury. Now, again, this is something that you fall upon on Jimmy G because he's been hurt the last three years. 
if you uh, date it back to when uh, Mr. Thomas Eddie, Edward Brady um, was on the uh, suspension, the four-game suspension, he did get hurt three uh, three games into that suspension. Uh, then they did trade him to the 49ers. He got hurt that year. And now you figure he got hurt this year so or last year. So, um, yeah, Jimmy G is uh, kind of going to get some bubble wrap around him to make sure he stays on the field, which I think and is I probably going to be one of those things. And I should have mentioned, I mean, uh, his uh, whether or not he can stay healthy, that's uh, the number one cause for concern as far as the 49ers are concerned. So are we say are we say would you as a prediction right now how many games into the season do you believe it'll be before Trey Lance gets the starting spot I would say after at least 4 games Ooh after week 4 Ooh that's that's that I I mean that, that is a gritty a gritty prediction uh I'm not writing it down cuz we'll have the audio for it <laughs> But um, <laughs> yeah, that I mean that actually might be a gritty spot. Trey Lance after Week Four. Wow. All right, so we're gonna now move to the uh, East Coast. This is gonna be fun because we're gonna be jumping around all over the place. Zach Wilson, number two draft pick, New York Jets. Through two preseason games, obviously, uh, he actually probably started both games. I would say. Uh, 15 for 20, 75% completion percentage, 191 yards passing, averaging 95 and a half yards per the preseason games, long of 27 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, not sacked, no yards for loss, a QB rating of 137.7, which means he was almost practically perfect for a quarterback rating. I, I, I don't know if you've seen very much of Zach Wilson as of late. I will say that uh, no. those... <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> th- those are pretty tidy numbers for a quarterback through the preseason. Uh, I believe, though, that the long of 27 is a little bit questionable. If you already have Trey Lance with a 80-yard pass play and... You have Mr. Zach Wilson at 27. Uh, are we really saying that he's just not stretching the arm out, or are we uh, saying this may be an accuracy issue? Well, the fact that it could go either way, and it's hard to tell. I mean, I know it, it's a dead it's a dead end situation for me because it could go either way. Like we don't know. It's at the end of the day, whatever side we go on, somebody will just say, "Well, that's merely a theory," and. In the sports writing world, I always say, well, theories are not the way to go. I mean, the theories are going to take you at some point, but a, but a theory basically guarantees a dead end. That might be a rough spot. I'm going to tell you that. That may be a rough spot for that whole setup because now the Jets' offensive line has pretty much been in flux for the last three seasons. There's no real... There's no, there is really no veteran behind him, in that on that that squad, which is pretty bad. Uh, they did have Joe Flacco last year, and even when uh, Flacco was in there, the Jets had some stability. It's kind of hard. 
Kenny says, I'm going to respectfully disagree on Lance unless Jimmy G gets hurt. Lance stays on the bench. I, I got to tell you, I mean, if if Jimmy G is not cutting the mustard, you may have to put Lance in. I, I, I really think that the, the 49ers are going to be looking to rebound. They're going to get everybody back healthy, which is great. The defense is going to be a lot healthier. Offensively, I believe that their running game has to be really, really strong to take the pressure off of Jimmy G. And I don't know if that running game is as potent as it's been the last three seasons, even since the year that they went to the Super Bowl. So I I think all around, I think it's got to be the weapons that have got to be able to secure Jimmy G. And if Lance can move around and be a little bit more mobile than Jimmy G and not as fragile, you may see you may see Trey Lance in there. But San Francisco's got to go for it. They pretty much... They were doing great until they played the uh, game against the uh, the Jets at MetLife, and then the field kind of tore their team apart, so to speak. So uh, I- I'm not even sure. I'll be honest with you. But uh, if-, if the 49ers are going down the toilet, then you're going to definitely see Lance. You're not going to you're not going to worry about 24 million sitting on the bench. No, not at all. We'll just have to wait and see. I I, I just see this. Going back to uh, Zach Wilson, the Jets have been in are, are now officially into uh, rebuild mode. They really are. Okay. I, granted, they spent four years on a quarterback, and majority of one season he was out with mono, so that kind of peeled them back a little bit. They just didn't play well with free agency. They had tons of cap money. They went out inside um, C.J. Mosley two seasons ago, and obviously uh, C.J. opted out last year for what we call the global bastard. We will not say the C-word or the uh, other one on the uh, show because uh, I don't want to be demonetized. <laughs> Best way to save some money. So, uh, But they, a lot of players did kind of opt out for that global bastard thing and you know what I, I'll i be honest I have not heard of CJ Mosley entirely at all through this preseason so you kind of hope and pray that the Jets actually with them spending money although they lost Carl Lawson now with a uh, torn ACL for the season so that's one year out of the three for like 30 something million dollars that they spent for him I don't know I think this is still probably going to be one of those rebuild years for the Jets so maybe we might not be really uh, looking very much that Zach Wilson's going to do this season. We could be surprised. That I can say. Well, as far as the Jets go, the fact that they actually have a head coach with, with potential, well, that's something we can't ignore. We have to acknowledge it because Saleh is really a guy, you know, we really could trust the guy. And as far as Zach Wilson goes, as far as weapons go on, on the offense for the Jets, as, as, as far aside from Corey Davis, we're going to be keeping an eye on, on all the all the guys. But because, like you mentioned, the Jets are finally in rebuild mode because they've been stuck for so many years. I, I as far as I'm not going to put a win loss prediction because 
you know, like I said, that's just merely a theory. But I'm not going to put too much on Zach Wilson. I mean, if he has an average season, you know, because like I said, they're they're in rebuilding mode. It's respectable, but I just know that Zach Wilson's going to step on the gridiron, and he's simply going to do his best. I mean, he's gonna he's got a good coach, so. And, and, and as difficult as it is to see talk about positive situations regarding the New York Jets, there is a positive situation. There's at least one, and there's the connection between Wilson and Saleh. Well, you also think of it this way, though. For a team that's rebuilding, that tried to screw themselves into a number one draft position last year, and you could see them tanking, like it was obvious. This year, they're not going to do that. They are going to try to actually get progressively better as the year goes on. Mind you now that as the drafts come up, they have multiple picks in the first and second rounds. I believe it's for like the next three years. So they're only going to be looking to improve. If they somehow miraculously, miraculously lose, let's see, what is it, 14 games? Let's say they only win four. And you go and you're going into a 17 season. Uh, 17 season, they lose 13, 14 games, whatever. I don't know if there's really any progression because that's what they had last year. They had three wins last year, so that they, they could only really go up instead of going backwards. That's where pretty much where you're going to end up looking at that. Yeah, that's that's, that's why I don't want to like predict how many how many wins, but you know you. you the future at this point, I mean, people are still convinced, you know, that there is no future. I mean, the future is obviously blank. I don't want to say it's, I'd say it's cloudy and we don't know when the sun's going to come back out so we can think we can say bright future. But, but like I said, as far as rebuild mode, I mean, the fact that we can finally say they're in rebuild mode is because Robert Saleh is the head coach and he's got potential. Well, let's go up north. The Chicago Bears pretty much backed into the playoffs last year at 8-8. Eight and eight. And I mean back in because they didn't win to get into the playoffs. The Minnesota Vikings just never really gave them any push to get into the playoffs. So they pretty much backed their way in. Uh, from Kenny Kirkpatrick from the K&K show, K&K Sports, shout you guys out. Uh, he says, I wish the Jets would have signed a veteran backup quarterback to push Wilson. Heck, there is 100% more competition in Jacksonville. I'm getting the Jacksonville. I'm actually going to work my way around the uh, QB tree. So stay tuned for uh, Trevor Lawrence talk. We're going to go north to uh, Chicago. Da bears. <laughs> Mr. Justin Fields, drafted by uh, the Chicago Bears through two games. 23 of 39, 59% completion percentage, 222 yards, long of 32, one touchdown pass, no picks, sacked twice, yards of loss, we got five, a QB rating of 83.5. Now, there was one particular play this weekend as he said, quote, I believe the NFL game is slow or something to that effect. And I watched his his helmet get popped off his head quicker than a Pez out of a Pez container. 
Now, if you're telling me that the game is slow and somebody pops you like that, then um, y- you may have some type of like a uh, dyslexia or something. I-, I, I'm sorry. The NFL, if you're telling me the NFL game is slow and you get your helmet knocked off, it's just ridiculous. Well, speaking of that situation, I mean, the way he got hit, I mean, I mean that was really a holy shit moment. And as far as uh, Fields goes, it was actually announced, I, I believe it was today, that Fields would start the final game because the Bears announced that Andy Dalton is starting week one. Mitro's in the house. What's up? Listen, as it stands right now, the way I look at it is is that I don't see Fields starting. And here's why. You went out and uh, let me see if I can read this gentleman's name correctly. Kevin Bain, welcome to uh, Arch Rivals Football. He goes, yeah, but that was a rare situation, unblocked completely. This is the way I look at it. Fields is not starting. You spent money on Andy Dalton. You still have Nick Foles lounging around in the back, in, in, in like the behind the scenes crap. He's getting paid a lot of money. Unless you're going to seriously turn around and tell me you're going to cut like Nick Foles and Justin Fields moves up to the two spot, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Uh, Kenny Kirkpatrick turns around and says, uh, I'm still not a fan of Fields. Prove me wrong and I'll eat my hat. I don't find Justin Fields ready for the NFL. He's not. I've watched some footage on him. Again, his numbers right off the bat. If you only have a 59% completion percentage and uh, we go back to uh, Trey Lance at 46.4, that's in San Francisco. Uh, We had earlier, let me just pull his numbers back up. Zach Wilson's at 75%. Those are good numbers. If you're going to be at 75%, let's say even preseason-wise, because a lot of it is, uh, a lot of it, again, is preseason. These numbers don't mean anything. Your lights have to be on and shining somewhat to make sure that you have have at least a spot on a 53-man roster. Teams went out and got you for that reason. You're supposed to be the future with the high ceiling. I don't see it. I really don't see it. I'll be honest. He's not ready. First thing I'd like to say, Melissa, I am praying for your mom. Hope hope she gets better soon. You know, you're absolutely right. Fields is not ready. As far as uh, Dalton starting, I, I figured, you know, all right, but – you know, the whole quarterback situation, you, you got Foles, you got Dalton, and you got Fields. But, yeah, you're right. Fields is not ready. But, look, it's okay. I mean, how many times have we seen a, a quarterback drafted and he's not ready? Like, he stays behind you know, the veteran for a while. I mean, some might say an example of that would be Steve Young, 49ers from back in the day, Aaron Rodgers, perhaps. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo doing his time with the New England Patriots. But – also, yeah, you're right. you, also, you, you, you also, I, I, I may have just like zoned out and 
Aaron Rodgers sat behind Brett Favre. Yeah, I, I, and I mentioned that. But but if you look at some of the guys that were there and they progressed after that year, the only I, I, listen, the only one that I could really ever point out that that started a season, got his butt kicked, and ended up coming into being like one of the best quarterbacks ever was Peyton Manning. That's that's birthed by fire. Don't get me wrong. Okay. Uh, Eli Manning sat on the bench for a little while before he started and look at the, look at what the career it was for, for Eli. So I, I'm going to tell you right now, I think field has got to sit a year. If the bears, some, if the bears miraculously, miraculously are in the tank, let's say week 12, Let's say the Bears are in the tank week 12. Okay? They're not even close to sniffing 500. Then throw him in. Let's see what we got going on with him if we're not in the running for the playoffs. That's the way I think it's got to be done. If the Bears are in the tank and they have no way to do it, and I'm going to be dead serious with this, that, that NFC, I think it's Central... Am I, am I right on that to central? Yeah. Okay. If the Packers are not running away with it, I really don't see very much out of Detroit. Sorry, Lions fans. It's just a, it's, it's a bad situation there. I don't care if you got Jared Goff. Um, <laughs> Shots fired. And if Kurt Cousins is not getting the Vikings up to speed, the Packers are running away with that division. Again, the Bears have got to sit there with Minnesota and Detroit for the majority of the season. If they're not even, let's say, in second place, let's say that let's say they're they're in the middle of the pack, not in a run for a play uh, uh, a wild card, then Fields is coming out. But you're going to run with Andy Dalton. I'm telling you right now, you're going to run with Andy Dalton until the ship goes into the toilet. That's the way I look at it. I mean, you're absolutely right. You know, and in that situation, you know, and, and I, you know what? And first, of all, let me say, uh, Kevin, realistically, you're absolutely correct. Uh, so are you, uh, Medina Antonio. The Packers will win the division, but you know, yeah. If if you're like not even close to 500, you might as well put in Kyle Fields because you might as well start having him build the experience immediately. You might as well. I mean. At the, at the point where you have nothing to lose and you're playing for pride, I mean, if you played in Justin Fields, he puts in numbers, res- respectable numbers, maybe leads you to a win or two. There's a bit of pride in that. So, I mean, the Bears are going to figure, you know what, we're not going to – we can't get a playoff spot, but we might as well p- play for pride. So, I mean, there's always something to play for in football, no matter how bad the situation is. But uh, – The fact is, the the Bears will have their hands full. I mean, the the fact that the Vikings and Packers are above them, you know, with that situation, you know, the the Bears probably. I mean, I'm not going to say they have no chance in hell, and but because you never know. But just it it is going to. It's going to be difficult. Just remember that they backed their way into the playoffs last year. Yeah, they backed their way in. They put on the big freaking emergency lights with the big freaking noises, and here is the Chicago Bears backing into the playoffs. Yeah. Kirk Cousins was the worst signing for the Vikings. <laughs> um, uh, 
in prime time, yes. In, in yeah. non-prime time, um, I'm not going to say that uh, it was a bad idea. But also remember, though, that they did trade away a few pieces and they lost a lot on defense. So um, this weekend we'll actually will be getting into uh, divisions and conference. So uh, tune in for that. Uh, we will be posting everything on the page. If you have not actually liked or followed the Arch Rivals page or the Pain Train Pipe Bomb page, please go and do so. If you haven't found us on Facebook, look for us on YouTube at Pain Train Pipe Bomb, Twitch at Pain Train Pipe Bomb, or on Twitter at ptproductions.com. Um, they all have a big Pipe Bomb logo like that's on our helmet right there. Next up, I see this one as going to be probably one of the most controversial topics for the time being, even going into the regular season. <laughs> My New England Patriots drafted a guy named Mac Jones. Uh, let's get some of these comments in here. Uh Let's see. Uh, that's why I'm glad my skin's parted ways with him. He's done what for him? A playoff win. Uh, Medina, or respond to Medina. I'm glad the, de- the Jets dodged that bullet too. Um, Viking team needs to ride Cook, just like the Titans ride Henry, and they may backdoor their way into the playoffs this year. So I love this, chat. I mean, sophisticated, educated minds in the sport of football. I love it. I will mention before we go to Mac Jones. The reason why we do Arch Rivals football is we put our own spin on football. This is for the fans. These are actual fans coming to you with an actual production of the NFL. Um, As the season goes, as I am reading stats right now, I am an analytics guy. I go off of stats. You will have tons of stats. The regular season starts. Uh, we are going to have a competition. We're going to do a pick'em competition. Um, I, I forgot to send this to Bernard. I feel like I'm uh, like I'm forgetting to just send messages out to people. So, if you guys love football and you guys have uh, friends that love to talk football, share this thing out. Let them know what's going on. Uh, Kenny, I'm going to that in a minute. I got my analysis on this. I love Kenny. Kenny is up front. He's perfect. In fact, Kenny may actually be our Giants correspondent. Which, I may (laughs) add, uh, the intro only has three jersey numbers on it. Uh, We will be expanding that because we will have uh, analysts from different teams popping on the weeks of the picks. So be ready. Kenny, I'll message you after this is over. Um, Mac Jones. Mac Jones's numbers. Two games played. 30. I, I gotta see if I can somehow minimize this. Uh 26 for 38. Completion percentage of 68.4, 233 yards thrown. Uh long longest of 21. No touchdowns. One pick. Sacked nine times. Uh, I'm sorry. Yards loss of a sack, nine yards. QB percentage of 84.6. Now here's the deal. Now, Alex, you obviously look at the NFL news all the time. 
Here comes a little bit of uh, white guy anger, arch rivals version. On what? So Cam Newton has gotten the global bastard for the second time. Am I surprised? No. Is this going to be the turnaround of things to come in New England? Yes. Here's why. Because now, if it's saying that there is some misunderstanding of like the whole protocol in New England, it's a load of crap. The potential dominoes, and I mean dominoes, and I ain't talking about the pizza, of Cam <laughs> Newton losing again another starter spot in New England could potentially be another Drew Bledsoe situation. Now, I thank Mo Lewis back in the day for killing Drew Bledsoe and having Tom Brady take over the Pats. That was monumental. This is almost <laughs> the same setup. Okay? This is almost the same setup. And if Matt, if Cam Newton's not going to be the starter, although Cam Newton's had some decent numbers throughout the preseason, for game one, no. Because um, he got lit up by freaking um, by Chase. And uh, that, that kind of opened some eyes a little bit. Yes, he got beat by the left tackle. But uh, Chase, Chase popped Cam, and Cam looked like a freaking tinker toy. Mac Jones may actually be an NFL-ready quarterback. He reads the defenses very well. He can put the ball in spots that I have not seen quarterbacks throw in the longest time. Yes, he's not. A few of the plays that he's aired it out have been missed by maybe an inch or two. Like the receiver just couldn't catch the ball. But Mac does have an arm, and his numbers are not bad. They're not terrible, but they're not bad. Go for it, Alex. Well, I can I can honestly say that uh, R- Ricky, uh, excuse me, uh, Kenny Kirkpatrick, you may be right, brother. Newton's probably going to start out as the starter and then eventually get benched. But honestly, it, it's the situation because we can't deny the fact that you know we can't deny Camp Newton's veteran expertise and his status and the fact that Mac Jones has potential, but. Uh, at the end of the day, no matter what we say, Bill Belichick's going to make his decision on his own because that's Bill Belichick. In the situation, if the if they excuse me, if the Patriots feel more comfortable with Jones, obviously they may have to find a way to deal with Cam, like send him to a team or something. I mean, the situation seems difficult, but I'm pretty sure the Patriots can figure it out. But realistically speaking, I have to agree with Kenny. I, I see Cam Newton just being named a starter. But it might it might not take long for him to lose a starting job. I I will say this now. I'm not stroking no ego. I'm not. I'm saying this purely as an analyst. Agree to disagree if you speak. The one thing on this current Patriots roster is set up the same way it was 
when Tom Brady took over as a full-time starter. They have a run game. They have a legitimate five-headed juggernaut back there right now. Okay? James White, returning. Sony Michelle, returning. Those were two right off the bat that I could turn around and say. Damian Harris, second year, back. That's three. Okay? I have not seen anything close to this type of running back core in the longest time. I will actually, in fair in comparison to the whole deal, the Chiefs, two years ago, when they won the Super Bowl, had a great backfield. Okay? They had a great backfield because they had guys that did different things. They ran the ball north to south. It was perfect. They just did the ultimate thing. You have now supplied, like unlike last year with Cam Newton, you've supplied three tight ends because they just picked up another one today. I don't know why, but they claimed a tight end off of waivers from the Texans. But you had three, you have three weapons there. Their offense is back. Their offensive line is actually pretty good. Oh, and what did they do in the offseason? They went and got wide receivers. Granted, there's not a number one on there. There's a bunch of twos through fours. But you got guys with talent. So now, it's not the same way where you have to sit there and say that Mac Jones doesn't have anybody to throw the ball to. Logistically, you've given him about nine weapons to throw the ball to. Nine weapons. Imagine that. Imagine a team going out with nine weapons. It's it's Kansas City, like three point oh. Um, <laughs> I'm 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 a, I, a lot of a lot of teams that have a lot of weapons. The Baltimore Ravens, for example, have some decent weapons. You can pretty much put them in that field there. So around the NFL, you're looking at all of these weapons, and it's not like the guy doesn't have any any safety stuff. So I mean, that's that's what you're going to say on that. You've given Mac weapons. So if you don't have Cam Newton, you still have given him a life support. I can honestly say this. If Cam Newton is benched and Mac Jones takes over, Mac Jones is going to stay there. He he has actual uh, QB experience behind him in Brian Hoyer. Uh, you have Jared Stidham's been there for three years now. So there's a little bit of uh, quarterback cushioning, so to speak, although Stidham is hurt right now. But I think Mac Jones is actually, I, I, I will say this, Mac Jones is probably going to be the starter week one. And Kenny, okay. if, if Cam Newton does get traded to the Denver Broncos, me and you are throwing an orange and blue party only for the fact being that they traded for Cam Newton. I will laugh my ass off if they if if Cam gets traded to uh, <laughs> Denver. I mean, at this point, you know, it's I'm not gonna go well. I agree or I disagree because the situation, much like these others, it's it could go either way. So, hmm. all right. Last but not least, going down south. Listen, we're not talking about coaches. We're talking about quarterbacks. There's a difference. We're going to go down south to Jacksonville. Was uh, Saxonville a little while ago. 
you know, four years removed from a playoff spot. Trevor Lawrence, number one pick in the uh, draft this year. Numbers two games started. 20-32, 62.5 completion percentage. 184 yards passing, long of 35. I believe that is uh, three sacks and 21 yards lost on those sacks. We have a quarterback rating of, let's see here, uh, 78.1. Have you you seen any uh, Trevor Lawrence highlights recently? Just a bit. Did you see the highlights from this past Sunday night game? Against the New Orleans Saints? Yes. I did, and of course... uh, well, we remember, you know, how we all remember the one of the highlights of uh, Jameis Winston making that fantastic pass. But I did see a little bit of what Trevor Lawrence did. You know, fourteen for twenty-three, a little over one hundred and ten yards. Uh, you know, of course, you know, as soon as Gardner Minshew comes in, uh, you know, Gardner, Gardner Minshew, you know, being the guy he is, a very how, how should I put it, a guy that you know apparently he can do more than simply impress you. All you he's just the kind of guy if you give him a chance. He, he's the kind of guy who he'd rather die than blow away an opportunity because he, he's a very good player. He's underrated, honestly. But, but since we're talking about Trevor Lawrence, well, not the I mean, maybe not the I mean, not the best uh, best performance. But you know, it's the preseason. You know, he's getting his feet wet, testing the water. You know, I always say, look, let's not rush, never rush the, the rookie quarterback. You know, let's not put the heavy expectations immediately. I mean, come on, this is not this is not the way to go. I mean, you know, he has to be built. Let's not forget. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day. A, a franchise quarterback with all the potential, he's not developed in a year. I mean, we got to give it some time. But to answer the question, yeah, I did see a bit of Lawrence, uh, what Lawrence has been doing this preseason, and, and he's doing good. He's doing just fine. I, I will say this. I understand you go out and you get a number one pick quarterback. It's good. I, it could be again. Maybe we'll compare compare them to uh, the Colts. Peyton Manning. I think they went uh, one in fifteen. Uh, Manning's first year. If he does not have any weapons, and this is, I'm going to go back to the Jets for example, because this was exactly the same thing that happened with them. I grant it, Mark Sanchez was not the greatest quarterback on the planet, but you supplied him with weapons and you go to two AFC championship games. Jacksonville was great with Blake Bortles. Why? Because he had weapons. Mm-hmm. As soon as Peyton Manning had gotten weapons, you saw what obviously the Indianapolis Colts did. Exactly. There are... I don't believe any pro bowlers on the Jacksonville Jaguars, okay? There's not anybody that could really sniff the jock of a pro bowler on the Jaguars. It's going to be enough another rough year in Jacksonville. And it's crazy to say that we're going to probably torture Trevor Lawrence the entire season because unless he figures out the NFL a little bit quicker, we're going to probably be seeing Gardner Minshew. This would be technically Gardner's third year of existence in the NFL. Uh, He's gotten rid of the uh, mustache, I believe. 
He's gone a little bit more beard now than he did before. <laughs> uh, Trevor Lawrence is probably going to have a lot of happy feet. I really, I, I really believe unless you can protect Trevor and give him some weapons somehow miraculously, maybe if they sign people from the roster cuts this year and maybe give him some more experienced talent, uh, it's going to be a long year for Trevor. I hate to say it. Well, honestly, realistically, it's very possible. And Kevin, you're not you're not crazy for for thinking that Lawrence is a bust. I mean, look, I've said this many times. You never know. I mean, how many times have we seen number one overall picks end up busting out of the NFL? We've seen it many times, but anything could happen. But you know, this this dude I know who's a wrestling fan like me makes the joke, if AEW can sign all the major superstars, why can't they do a good job in free agency? Because, you know, obviously the dude who – the owners of AEW are also the owners of the Jaguars, Shahid and Tony Khan. But, you know, let's forget the wrestling business and the NFL is, is different. It's not the same. But I think you're right. Well, Trevor I- Lawrence may have a rough season. But, Kenny, Kenny says sorry, it's crazy. It's crazy what a small market does. There is so much more talk about Fields over Lawrence at this point, and uh, he agrees with me. Look, we could be sitting here as we're sitting here on the twenty fourth of August, okay, and we are legit saying that Trevor Lawrence may not pan out to anything this year. We've only seen him through two preseason games. He's got one more preseason game, okay. Now, Urban Meyer may decide to say, hey, you know what? Like, I gave Trevor all this time in the preseason. Let's go with the experience and do the same thing that the 49ers should do. The same thing as the Chicago Bears should do. Let your young rookies with the high ceilings sit the bench. Let your starters potentially maybe get you off to a good start. Chicago more in particular because they have Andy Dalton and they have Nick Foles, okay? San Francisco, you got Jimmy G. Okay, I'm not going to compare Gardner Minshew to Jimmy G. I'm not going to compare him to Andy Dalton, and I'm not going to compare him to Nick Foles. Why? Because the other three quarterbacks have done a lot more than Gardner Minshew in in a small sample size. That's the way I'm going to kind of look at it. If we want to potentially kill Trevor Lawrence his first year. Let's go for it. Why not? I mean, yes, Andy Dalton. I said Andy Dalton. He is a quarterback in Chicago right now. I mean, honestly, look, when it comes to unleashing a tirade of criticism, look, if it's, if it's due and you have the evidence to back it. Okay. I mean, that's the mentality I live with. If you do the research, you see the film, you have, you have the evidence to back it up, then then you you have to go for it. Look, at, at the end of the day, you know when we have to destroy a quarterback because you know he's awful. I mean, look, it's the God's honest truth and it's painful. But look, you know our job is to simply tell like it is. And some people obviously don't like that. But in my case, look, I'm a sports writer. I I, I know I, I know how to how to report the news without bsing people. And I don't like bsing people. I I tell the freaking truth. That's that's well, what I fucking do. And I don't mean a cuss, but I you know I, I take you know how that oath I take it so seriously to Here's 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 yeah. my argument. If you guys want to down Andy Dalton, then you obviously have not looked at his career stats. Because even though Andy Dalton played on some of the crappiest Bengals teams, 
and filled in for their starting quarterback in Dallas. Okay. Um, Alex, can you tell how tell everybody how Andy Dalton did last year in Dallas filling in? Well, when he immediately when he came in for Dak Prescott, the first you know the first drive obviously he came in didn't go so well. He was able to lead the Cowboys to the victory, and but then against the Cardinals, that's where things really went down. And that game against the Washington Football Team when he got hit, like you know that hit was just so awful to see. And you know things just went so bad. But he eventually came back. He had that good game against the Vikings, but then you know that Thanksgiving. Uh, Start off good, but then fell apart. Look, at, at this point, some say Andy Dalton was past his prime. I mean, I guess that that's definitely you, you can argue that. But you know how you mentioned how people have have forgotten about Andy Dalton's time in Cincinnati. It's almost like they they've forgotten that Andy Dalton actually had a he had a, a bit of success with Cincinnati. I mean, we, we all remember that 2015 season. Although, despite that season, they end up losing in the first round, if if I remember correctly. But Okay, but you know what? Kenny brought up a very good point, and I'm going to bring up a another point because I have stats here. Again, analytics gone wild. Okay, Kenny said the Bengals have not come close to the playoffs since he's left the Bengals. And I'm going to bring up last year's numbers, which I have to say as a backup coming in for Dak Prescott, here's the numbers for last year. 11 games played, 2,170 yards, completion percentage of 65 14 scores, 8 picks, QBR 87.3. For somebody who came in that didn't really fully know the Dallas offense, i take those numbers in a heartbeat. I would take those numbers in a heartbeat. Let alone to know the fact that we're going to try to say that Andy Dalton's in a decline. Andy, Andy Dalton is just like... I really don't know if I can kind of compare him to him. Um, and Alex, I need your help on this because I'm losing his I'm losing his name as we speak. Uh, the quarterback that got traded from Detroit to L.A. Jared Goff. I mean, excuse me, Matt Matthew Stafford. Okay, Matt Stafford. Thank you very much because this is. Yeah, how I'm, we, I'm sorry. I have the lights on, so I zoned out a bit. This is I, this is why <laughs> this is why we support each other on the show. Okay. Amen. 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 As much as you want to crap on Matt Stafford. His numbers without winning a Super Bowl probably could go Hall of Fame. He's Can got over 50, He has over fifty thousand yards passing for a team that averaged about maybe five six wins total in his tenure in Detroit. That guy played hurt eighty percent of the time. I obviously can't put Stafford and Andy Dalton maybe in the same sentence. But they have damn good career numbers, and they're guys that if they had a little bit better talent behind them, probably could have won a Super Bowl. You know, they always say that. You know, some say that we can't say that Matthew Stafford never had weapons. Obviously, he had Calvin Johnson, but look, you know, the the offensive line for the D- Detroit Lions that was a, that's always been a huge problem during his time in the Motor City. I mean, Matthew Stafford, like, like I said, like you said, hurt eighty percent of the time. That is not good. Okay, not good at all. Matthew Stafford has one of the greatest throwing arms I have ever seen. I mean, the dude is a good quarterback, okay? 
But when you put him without behind an offensive line that's horrible, and you don't you, you don't even want to make the effort to improve it. I mean, the dude was a freaking punching bag for God's sake. Well, I can tell you this: I, I I'm not I can't crap on Andy Dalton. I cannot crap on the Red Rocket because I can guarantee tell you, yes, he really got kind of screwed in the pooch down in Dallas. But um, I, I got to tell you, Dalton's not bad. He's, yeah, he's not, not bad. a he's bad, not bad quarterback. No. no, not at all. You know what? And you won't believe on my show, Cowboys Hawk, how many times – I, how much shit I would I would get for saying exactly what we did? Andy Dalton's not a bad quarterback, and so I mean, okay, I mean, on my Cowboys show, you won't believe all the neg- negativity I get from Cowboys fans because apparently, well, 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 y'all know the situation with Cowboys Nation, all right. And if you know me very well, you'll know the difference between me and them. But anyway, yes, you're right. Andy Dalton's not a bad quarterback. Look, and everybody says that it's in the past. Like, no, like, look. Overall, the past does matter because, you know, if he was there, okay, Andy Dolan with that veteran leadership expertise, it, it made a difference, okay? But now let's not forget, Andy Dolan, too, like this year, the offensive, the Cowboys' offensive line was horrible, okay? I mean, remember that hit? I mean, not to mention he had, he had that hit, that concussion. Let's not forget, concussion, even though you're cleared to play again, who knows if it's still affecting you. All right, so I'm being challenged before we even get any numbers. Medina, I love you to death because you, you're going to really try to put me on the spot here. Okay, so Medina has just asked me, so is he winning week one if he starts? The Chicago Bears play uh, Sunday night football against the Rams. The Rams are going to be favored. The Rams are going to be the favorite. Obviously. Because obviously they have Matt Stafford. Their defense has been in the top five um, the last decade or so. I might be exaggerating on the decade spot. I may be exaggerating on that spot. The way Medina asks that, he's literally in the mentality of the Riddler. I'll obviously tell you that I don't believe the Bears match up with the Rams. No. So that answer would be no. (laughs) They don't match up with the Rams whatsoever. Because that defense took quite a few hits. Again, I believe, and this is preseason talk that I'm saying it. Um, Rams are winning, but Rams are winning with Fields at quarterback also. I mean, Kenny's basically so saying in other, in other words, the, the Kenny, Bears have no chance in hell no matter what. Once right, again, right? I'm saying that the Bears don't match up with the Rams at all. I, I don't care if Joe Willie Namath was at quarterback. I don't care if Joe Montana was a quarterback. I don't care if Dan Marino is a quarterback. The Bears do not match up with the Rams whatsoever. Plain and simple. So if even God probably was playing quarterback, they may have a shot, the Bears, but he's not going to be a quarterback. The Bears don't have enough weapons, and I think the Bears' defense is going to take a step back. So it doesn't matter who's going to be a quarterback. The Rams are winning. Game one. That's the way I look at it. I mean, you're right. I mean, you're you're absolutely right. So we can't. You can't even put a tab on it. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if if the Rams, you know, not only beat the Bears but destroyed them. I wouldn't say destroy. I wouldn't say destroy because not every team comes out running full throttle week one. 
True, true. And also remember, this year, preseason does not run into regular season. There is a week and a half before the season actually starts. Mind you, the first game for the year, I believe, is September 7th. No. September 9th. Okay? You have this preseason left. Yes, season starts September 9th. So we run the last weekend of preseason this weekend, which ends not even the end of August because August ends on Tuesday, next week. So you got a week and a half before the regular season starts. Everybody's going to be running sluggish going into the regular season. So I wouldn't say there will be very many blowouts unless you're playing maybe like the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. I'm going to have so much fun with predictions every week. I mean, hey, for, all I, for all I know, I mean, some people believe, you know, maybe the Buccaneers could blow up my Cowboys uh, week one, but I'm like, nah, well, we'll see. <laughs> well, maybe Tom, Bra- <laughs> maybe Tom Brady will tear another ACL and the Buccaneers will lose week one. Oh, well. I mean, he supposedly played last year with a total uh, torn ACL and torn whatever. Maybe he had a torn taint. I don't know. Um, Well, no. we'll see. That's it for this week's uh, episode. Well, not this week's episode. The Tuesday episode of Arch Rivals Football. Um, number 94 in your books right there is uh, Mr. Uh, Bearman, Alex Alcazaz. I'm number 24. Uh, number 20 will hopefully be appearing at the end of the week. Uh, whether we're doing Friday or Saturday, I do not know as of yet. If you have not liked the Arch Rivals page, if you have not liked the Pain Trade Pipe Bomb Facebook page, go there. Please hit the like and the follow so you will be notified every time you get one of these pages going. If you're on YouTube, click the bell, subscribe, because we put up content on YouTube all the time. Uh, This show, comedy, gaming, you name it, we go there. Twitch, Pain Trade Pipe Bomb, check it out there. Don't forget to check out Alex's stuff. Wrestle with a Bear, Cowboys Talk, Into the Net FC, Rage Quit. I got them all? Yes, sir. Okay. Patriot Pipe Bomb. <laughs> we got Pipe Bomb Radio NYC. Uh, we have Hoops Talk, which is Darnell's. Um, Ramley Talk, which is Darnell's as well. He'll do more promo when he gets on. But uh, till the next episode. Coming up this weekend. Enjoy your week. Enjoy the NFL. We will be back. Back then. Hey, did you like that show? Click the like button. Follow. Share. Subscribe. Share out all of our shows to your social media. Don't forget, check out paintrainpipebomb.threadless.com for quality merchandise at amazing prices. Tune in next time for Pipe Bomb Radio NYC, and we'll catch you on the flip side.